Good leadership stands up for individual rights. Good leadership leads by example. Good leadership sticks to the values and principles and does not sway from those. Welcome back to the Ramble Room. Glad you're here with us. Uh, Diane is here, and our guest today is Shelta Ramber. Hello. Did I say that properly? Yes. Okay. Because I see it written all the time. <laughs> and I see it on the sign. You see the signs around town starting to show up now. It says, to vote for you for Sheridan County School District trustee. What is that? Why are you running? So a trustee is a school board member. The school board members are the ones who set the policy for the school. They oversee the superintendent, and he implements their policies and runs the day-to-day operations of the district. And I'm running because I feel that we need to have parents back at the helm. We need to put the students first. We need to give them back their individual rights that were taken away from them. And I want to just empower and educate parents on their roles and responsibilities. I want to elaborate on the individual rights taken away from them because from my perspective, I feel like maybe they got too many rights. Who are the students? Yeah. Um, so I believe that all students have individual rights. I believe that their First Amendment should be protected. Um, uh, the trustees actually take an oath to the Constitution. That's one of the first things they do when they are in their office. Um, and I think that that should be something that is always a priority of a school board's mind when they write a policy, when they want to enforce a policy, when they want to make up a policy on the fly. I think it should be the thing that is always number one priority is, is this an infringement on the student's individual rights? Can you give us another infringement? So I believe, obviously, if you know me, you know. Um, I think that the past two years of forcing masks was illegal. Um, I had several conversations with Scott Stoltz about me asking him, cite the statute that gives you the right to do this. And he could not. All he could reply was, The expectation is that your children will be wearing masks if they want to attend school. And I would remind them of free and appropriate public education, and they have no reply. So it's time to hold them accountable, be transparent, get, it's like, I want to say it's a ship or a car or something, you know, steer it in the right direction. I think, I mean, they even showed how they wouldn't allow parents in meetings We had no voice at all. We weren't allowed a seat, and it's time for us to have our seat back. I like when you said at the beginning, oversee the superintendent. You don't hear that expression very often. No, and you'll see on the, if you went to the website, SESD2.com, one, it's very difficult to navigate. And once again, that's back to transparency that I would like to see fixed is 
the website should be very user-friendly. You shouldn't have to just hover over something and then hover over something else for things to appear. I think the things should just appear. And the notes from the previous meeting, you are hovering, hovering, clicking, clicking, and then they're there. And I think that that's, there should just be a file folder that's easy to navigate and people should be able to see what's on the agenda and what they spoke about. So tell us how you got here running for the board from where did you start? I'm standing up to serve the children of this community. They deserve better. They deserve true advocates for individual rights. And I believe we must regain the morality for a better world. I will always do what's right. I have proven even when my back is against the wall this last year, I stand my ground for the simple principles of our founding fathers. So many times this last year, the hard path of standing up seemed too much. Then God would send a fellow parent's message to me saying, thank you for advocating for our kids. You are a true champion of liberty. Thank you for being brave and speaking out. Those were the words that kept me on my journey of fighting for individual rights. So I will carry on intentionally, passionately, and relentlessly. That's why I'm running. What are some of the major issues that you plan to address? So issues that I want to address, uh, again, is transparency and regaining the trust of the public. I think that that's going to be big. Plus, I think... Uh, respect of the staff, I think, is another issue. It's like the thing that nobody wants to talk about. Um, why are teachers leaving the district? It's, it's, it's unspoken tension. And I think that that needs to be like, how can you improve your organization if you're not willing to do, do the actual hard, hard look under, under the hood? It has to be done. And I'm willing to roll up my sleeves. I've proven the last two years that I'm willing to roll up my sleeves, show up and do the work. I think I've gone to more board meetings than some of the board members. I understand it's a voluntary position and, you know, you, there's times where you can't make the meetings. I totally get that. I just want to leave the school in a better place than I came into it. I, every time I'm on a board, I think that's always my mission. My mission is to leave the organization better than when I came into it. And I've done that when I was on the Woodland Park PTO. You know, my goal was to get us a second playground. We raised the money. We got it in the ground. And when I was on the swim team board, my goal was to double the money in the bank account. And we did that. So I always want to leave it better than I found it. And you sound like a goal setter. I think if you don't have a goal of what you're doing, I feel like you just go off on a whim and then you're just blowing in the breeze. I think that you have to stick true to your principles and your goals and always have those in mind when you're setting policy or just saying, is this something that meets my goal, gets me towards my goal, or is this detracting from it? And I think with kids and behavior in the school system, I think that's one of the things that should be a priority is having ground rules. I mean, I, we talked about a foundation. 
And I think that that's super important that we need to not veer off of the core foundation of what it is that we're trying to not have in our behavior. So if you're elected as a goal setter, what's what's the first goal? What's the first thing you're going to set your sights on? One of the first goals for me is just to make sure that the teachers know that they are supported and that we have to get the parents back in the classrooms. I think that's the number one goal for me is to get parents back to feeling welcome in the district and for the district and staff to be a part of that. Because the reason why I think it's so important for parents to come back into the classroom is that the strongest schools have the most volunteers. I realized this when my kids were little. I could just drop them off at the brick building and go about my day. Go to work, go home, wherever that is, right? Or I could take 10, 15 minutes and walk in the building and meet the people that actually spend the whole day with my children and see who they are. And they were fantastic people at the elementary schools. So shout out Woodland Park. You rock. You have to wonder about teachers who don't want you there. Yes, you do. What is it that you don't want me to know? Yeah. And I think that that's a big concern for a lot of parents. But if teachers, you know, there's teachers that say that they feel that they're the public enemy. And to me, I think to myself, if you have nothing to hide, then you shouldn't feel like that. You should feel valued. You should feel like a professional. Um, you shouldn't be wanting parents to not come in your room. So what can the school board do to make teachers feel valued? Well, that's a great question that you asked. I believe that looking at some of the policies that they have set on staff, like um, one of the things that came back in a survey that the local teachers in District 2 um, had been asked, like, how do we improve the workplace? And their answer was, let us take our time off the way we want to. And the superintendent at the time replied, no, we need our A-team when we need our A-team. So how do you be a part of an A-team when you kind of feel like you're the B or the C-team in that kind of hostile work environment stuff? I believe that if you have the time off in your PTO bank and you can get a sub, you should have the day. You're a professional. You should be treated like a professional. And um, another one of their policies that I find interesting is their maternity leave. It's not very big. And I know that there's a lot of companies today that don't supply a maternity leave. But they're like usually small companies. And for this institution to be in to educating children and for their employees to have said children, you would think they would be pro time off to take care of said children. And so, you know, I've been asking around to other districts, like, what is your maternity leave policy? And some are, some are the same. There's some that are three months. There's some that are eight weeks. You know, I think that that's something that needs to be addressed Mothers should have the time that it takes to be with their baby. And 
there's a lot of teachers that I've talked to about this that you have to pay back because they they pay you their your pay, and then you you weren't there, so you have to pay it back. So you're basically getting no pay. That's not leave, then, is it? No. Leave with no pay, basically. So 10 days, I believe, paid, and then whatever you have in your sick bank, and then FMLA, which is just we keep your job for you. But there's some people that didn't have a paycheck for like three months. Family plan that better, would you? Get the timing. for. You talk about the professionalism of teachers. As a professional contractor, I don't have a lot of immediate oversight. I'm pretty much autonomous in what I do. One of my problems with the school system all over the state is that it's entirely too top-heavy. We have administrative costs that run far beyond what should be necessary to oversee good professional teachers. Do you have an opinion on that? And who do you see, who should the teacher answer to? Who's the boss? Well, the ultimate boss is the taxpayer. And I believe that that has been forgotten. I think that the representation is all about what the school board wants, meaning what the superintendent wants. It's, it hasn't been about the taxpayer and being accountable to them. So I think that there's a lot of budgeting issues that need to be addressed. And, you know, the issue of why there's three school districts, I have no idea. If you look at Natrona, Natrona is giant, and they also included in their district is Midwest, which is 40 miles away. So if they can do that, same with uh, Campbell County, they're just one district. There's just one big district. Why are we three? If you had a message to give to an incoming legislator, what would that message be? I think the message for me is, why are we giving so much money, a raise year after year to schools when we're not seeing those results? Throwing money at the problem is not going to fix the problem. For this district, for Sheridan County School District 2, I can only speak to that. With 3,700 students this year, if 20,000 is how much it is per child this year, that's $74 million. So when they say that we don't have money, I just question that. What's, do you know what the average class size is in school district two? Probably 20, 25. Okay, so let's just say 20. Do you know what it costs to employ a teacher? I believe the annual average is probably 40, 50. Okay, and that's what the teacher makes, right? Right. But you also have other things. You've got Social Security and you've got other insurance benefits and other things. So yes. let's, let's just say it costs $100,000 okay. to pay for a teacher. So where's the rest of the money? Exactly. And I know that, you know, like, facilities, I mean, it, take, it takes money to run it. That is an entirely different, different monies, different issue. We're talking about administration. We're talking about athletics, all of the other things there, but not the building. To me, when I found that out, that kind of put a new wheel on the wagon. Oh, totally. Yeah. But where is that money going? Right. And why? And as you alluded to earlier, what's the return on our investment as a yeah. taxpayer? What are the literacy rates? What is the graduation rate? Why is it not higher? If If we, I mean... We have high-caliber teachers in our district, 
So where's the disconnect? And I'm not blaming teachers. I'm, I'm simply asking questions because I think we need to go deeper. Like, why do parents not have a bigger voice? Because years and years and years of education said, leave us alone. We got your kids. We're the professionals. We know what we're doing. And yet the return diminishes and diminishes and diminishes. Yes. And at some point, the taxpayers got to stand up and say, I'm not getting what I'm paying for. Yeah, I think that that's huge. And I don't, it's such a, like, it's, it's such a big animal, right? And the only way to get to it is one bite at a time, like they say. But it just seems so overwhelming. And then on the trustee side, it's interesting that when you sit in those meetings as just taxpayer off the street observing, they come with the budget, right? And they recommend to the board to approve the budget. And they made a comment this last time about how, you know, we look at the budgets ahead of time. That's why we're not asking questions in the name of saving time. We've already done all the questions ahead. And they just approve the budget. No amendments, no strikeouts. So the work's already been done in advance. Yeah. That goes back to your transparency. Rather yes. than do the work in front of and in, in conjunction with the people, they go put the package together that they want and then ram it through. And it, it takes a lot of energy to be involved. It does. I, I know you spent many, many hours over the last few years. Yeah, I think I'm really well-versed on their policies. I can tell you where to find their policies, and I know what they say. I don't know if I'm the first person ever in the history of District 2 to use their steps in the grievance process. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that was an experience all on its own. It's so interesting to me, like, the work sessions. Those are supposed to be public. And that's another thing you asked me. If I get into office, what am I going to do? Make the work sessions public. Because legally, they're supposed to be. You mentioned the behavior of the kids, and you mentioned getting parents more involved. You alluded to a little story of you going up and dropping off your kids at the brick building and escaping for a few hours. Uh, would, would you like to carry on about that for a few? Oh, sorry. Did I go off on a... <laughs> no. I'm like, squirrel over here. <laughs> um, I think that if parents... So for me, when I went in the building and started showing interest in my kids' education, I could see a difference in my children because it wasn't just them owning their education. It was a family effort of owning the education. We spent so much time after school as a family, you know, running events held by the school to welcome parents in. And I think that made a big impact on my children. And I think that if parents, grandparents, guardians, I don't want to just say parents because th that offended someone once and I'm sorry. So um, donuts for dudes got changed to donuts for grownups. So um, I think whomever is in your life who is a part of getting you to school, then they should come in the building. I just think all parents should just come in and for them to know that they're welcome. I just had someone the other night say, I can do that. I can just go in my kid's class. 
I said, absolutely. You check in at the front desk. You get your little visitor sticker. You put your name on the bo- on the little sign-in sheet with the time and the date, and you go. You go to their class. Now you need to bring your ID. That's a, a new thing, which I agree. N- you know, let's make sure those people are supposed to be there. Check, and check your revolver in the car. Yeah, <laughs> right as of right now. Yeah, and and go see what the teacher's teaching. It's your right to be there. I think, you know. Everybody's like, oh, that's such an inconvenience. I don't have time. Make time. You can't reinvent more time in the day. So just schedule it. Just schedule. Say, hey, on this day, I'm going to go have lunch with my kid. Go sit with them and their friends and see what that cafeteria is like. I'm thinking back a few years to the mid to late 70s. When I was in high school out at Bighorn, my Freshman and sophomore years, my mother was very involved as a volunteer. I saw her in the school all the time. When the choir trip went on a trip, she was one of those that came along. It was really fun to have your mom there when you get to go stay in a hotel in Rock Springs or something with all the other kids. And then my mother got pregnant, and my junior year, she couldn't do those things. She was occupied. It made quite a difference to me just because I knew that most of the things that happened in school were not going to get back to my mom, vice versa. Same thing when I was a senior over at Grable. It was a little bit different atmosphere, and there, were, there wasn't a lot of parental involvement other than in athletics mm-hmm. in, in the school. And as we talk about the behavioral issues, it seems to me that in schools where the parents aren't ever around, there is no real authority because the teachers are handcuffed. The administration is handcuffed. And kids very quickly respond to that and realize they can get away with about anything. And then when they do misbehave, they're unruly. They get special treatment. They get special attention. They realize that, hey, if I act up, they may not say it in these words to themselves, If I act up, I won't have to go through this anymore. They'll have me in a special classroom. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree that behavior is a huge issue for teachers. And it's distracting from taking out of time, instruction time out of their classroom. Um, I just, I think that we need to, as parents, be responsible, stand up and be like, okay, there's, there's no misbehaving in school. You need to do what your teacher is asking you to do. You need to respect your teacher. You need to follow the school rules that have been set in place, not just, oh, I'm not doing this today. I, I think that kids got to get away with a lot of things and now those things have just snowballed into bigger and bigger things. It's kind of like those challenges where they started out eating Tide Pods and now it's turned into like more dangerous stuff. I just like obviously the critical thinking is not there and this is where the guidance of their parents come in to play. I, kids should not be making big decisions in their lives because clearly they want to eat Tide Pods. So... <laughs> I just think that if there was this set of rules that were standard, like in this school, 
X, Y, Z, we follow those. If you're not meeting those rules, then this is the consequence. Versus, oh, you're kin, you're cool, you don't have to follow those rules. But you, Missy, you're out. I think that that kids see that too, and they just, they go with it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they need boundaries, and I think they need to know that there's a level playing field, that everybody's treated the same. And that seldom is the case. Correct. So as you're considering this run, there have been several things on your mind. What have we missed? What have we not asked you about that is a pressing issue for you? Oh, what have we missed? I think uh, what we missed is maybe talking about good leadership and what that looks like. Good leadership stands up for individual rights. Good leadership leads by example. Good leadership sticks to the values and principles and does not sway from those. I think that voting for me is a vote for bringing back trust and transparency to our school district. And, you know, I really like to run my life by the golden rule. I think that the golden rule is probably the most easiest basic standard principle you can live by. And that's what I want for all of our community. Our kids deserve to be treated how they treat others. And I think that that, that's been forgotten. For years, my mother had a sign on her refrigerator, and it said, in this house, we live by two rules. And the first one was the golden rule. And the second one, she dubbed the iron rule. And the iron rule is never do for others what they won't do for themselves. Some accountability there. Yeah. The, the other thing I think you left off about leadership that you alluded to earlier is goal setting. You have a vision. You, you have some idea where you want to go. Yes. And that is critical to leadership because you can't lead if you don't know where you're going. That's a true statement. Yeah, I believe that we need to get back to getting this ship, car, whatever you want to call it, steered in the right direction. Or we're just going to keep going off the rails and and then what? And one thing I forgot to say was I believe that individual education is individual education and whatever that looks like for your child is your right. And I will advocate for you as a trustee to have that right just as much as I would for public school children. I believe in homeschooling. I believe in out-of-district students. I believe in charter schools. I know that that's something that most trustees would never say because that's probably like, oh, you just shot yourself in the foot. But I think that not every student fits in the big brick building. And I think that to tell ourselves that they do is crazy. We need to do what's best for the student. And if that means if they are a special ed child and the school's trying to mainstream them into a classroom and all that's doing is disrupting the class to where the teacher only is instructing for 10 minutes but is told, oh, that's okay, just write down that you instructed for 30, that's a problem. It's also not fair to the other 19 kids in the classroom. Correct. So I just, I want what's best for each individual student. And if that means that you want to homeschool your kids, I say awesome. 
And how can I help you? I'm Shelta. I'm running for school district number two trustee. Please vote for me.